family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Case in Point once again, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sunesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Securities, as you heard, this show is also brought to you by Sosby's Garage. Please, uh, if you're a qualified, certified master mechanic, John is really, really looking for some mechanics. He's grown so much, and of course, with the way the things are today, people come and go, but he is really needing some good quality mechanics. You could not work for a better person. Give John a call at Sosby's Garage. On every show, we feature businesses and organizations in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses, and people for that matter, have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and other related aspects of security as we go through the course of our shows. Um, Everybody knows that, of course, we're coming up on an extremely important election. That time of the, it seems like it used to be that time every couple of years, now it seems like it's that time every year. But um, one of the things that uh, a lot of people are looking at is making some changes. And I'll just say, it from, as I always do, uh, voting is so important, especially this year. But vote informed. It's more important or as important. You've got to know who the people are that you want to vote for, what they stand for, what, what their record is, what their background is. Don't vote for them just because mom and daddy voted for them. And don't vote that particular party because that's the party you've always, uh, your family's always voted for. And that's conservative or Republican, uh, conservative or Democrat. Let me rephrase that. Um, you know, the big thing is voting for them. No, regardless of who you vote for, what they stand for and what their background is. And in light of that, in that tone, I want to welcome uh, my guest today, Arafin Chowdhury, and he is the uh, GOP candidate running for Georgia House of Representatives in the new District 105. It's not a new District 105, it's just a new shaped District 105. And uh, Arafin, I I really appreciate it. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me. me. Let me start out by just asking, who is Arafin Chowdhury? Where'd sure. you come from? Uh, Arfin Chaudhry. Who is Arfin Chaudhry? I've already asked you that. Huh. <laughs> All right. A veteran, a millennial, a husband, a financial professional, a professor, and your GOP candidate for State House 105. That's fantastic. 
What is your background a little bit, Fing? I know that you popped off a couple of things there that, and thank you for your service, as I mentioned to you earlier before the show. Appreciate it very much. What is your background? Uh, I actually had the privilege of serving my country as a member of the United States Army and also Georgia National Guard. Uh, Education-wise, I went to Georgia State University with full scholarship. I have earned my bachelor's in biological science and chemistry minor, master's in science and biology, a graduate certificate in disaster management, master of business administration, MBA in finance. I was also had the opportunity to attend a study abroad program at Oxford University, UK. Uh, currently a financial professional living in Lawrenceville area, and I'm also an adjunct professor at Gunnett Technical College. I had worked for several Fortune 100 companies in mid-senior level leadership positions. I have managed, balanced, and make sure the budgets are in line for some multi-billion dollars companies and kept the company profitable with sustainable growth trajectory. Well, with a background like that, I'd say that uh, being a politician is kind of should be a fairly simple affair, if, <laughs> especially when you uh, look in line at all of the uh, technical areas that you've worked in, especially with budgets. And that's important today is working with those budgets. Why are you running for the state house and uh, public office? That's a biggie. Uh, sure. I get that question a lot from my family and friends. And to be honest, to add another chapter of an immigrant's American dream and to respond to God's will, because I believe nothing ever happens without God's plan. As human, we could have plans, but he always have a better one for us. So I thought I would just work in my corporate life, have a wonderful family life here in Gunnett County, but just to see everything is happening in our state and our nation, I could not just stay on the sideline any longer. And just to give you some background, uh, my father was a legal immigrant from Bangladesh. He only had $5 left with him when he arrived at the United States. He started working soon after he landed on this great nation. He worked very hard all his life. He worked in chicken farms, manufacturing industries, food industry, and gas stations to just to name a few. On my first day of college, when I was about to leave our tiny apartment for Georgia State University, he handed me those $5 that he actually saved from day one being in this country and said, my boy, that's all I'll give you with one advice to be successful in this country. Go get your American dream and never let anyone tell you that you can't. Amen. This is the greatest country in the world and you are a citizen of this great nation. To be honest, Rick, I took that advice so close to my heart. I live by that all through my life. Now I feel like if I must have to redo that all over again, I would not be, it would not be possible. I would not be able to do that because of all those failing policies introduced by the Democrats. For example, as you see, the inflation is off the chart. In Georgia, that's 9.8 percent. In yeah, nation, 9.1. That's the way they figure it now. It's 9.8. It's really if everybody's went to the grocery store, they say it's a whole lot higher. Absolutely, and wokeness in the classroom, high prices for everything you buy, especially gas and other utilities. Uh, and another big one for me is the attack on our constitutional rights from all aspects. So I'm running for office to make sure 
that every single kid can achieve their version of American dream. I will try to become the voice of all immigrants, minorities, veterans, conservatives, Georgian in general, who might feel like they don't have a voice or representation in the state house. Well, that's important uh, to feel like that you're represented. Uh, today, there's a lot of people in office and that have been in office that preach that same story, but when it really gets down, the rubber hits the road, they're really only, it seems like they're only on one side. They're not for everybody. They're just for my party. And, and that's a problem because, you know, we're the United States of America and we're all Americans. And I don't have to agree with you, but we need to be able to have a reasonable, sane discourse and argument. You know, we don't have to agree on everything, but I, I can tell it's important to me to at least agree with the fundamentals of our nation, the, the founding fathers, if you will, and our rights as the Constitution lays them out. Uh, without that, we're just falling into a third world status, and we're going to be there if things don't change. Um, we kind of talked a little bit about your background. Uh, have you got anything else that you want to uh, let uh, the listeners know about your background? I know you, you said you came from Bangladesh. Uh, how long have you lived in the United States now? Uh, 20 years. And you're only 30. I'd say you're pretty good <laughs> in your 30s or somewhere in that area. Um Tell me something that's what what you would consider really interesting about yourself, or what I might consider really interesting about yourself. Uh, I would say that my travel history. I was blessed enough to be able to travel forty nine states so far. Only Alaska left, and hopefully Alaska and Hawaii. Okay, so you were very close to me, right? Yep. And uh, as for international travel, I've been to five different continents with many different countries. And everywhere I go, I try to absorb the best out of them, whether it's the food, it's a gesture from the culture, or just the best practice. And uh, I have this affinity to learn different languages. So right now, I'm fluent in five different ones. Wow. So what are those five? Just curiosity. Hablas uh, Espanol. Ich verstehe nur ein bisschen Deutsch. Mein Hindi mir bat kar sakta hu. Mera Urdu bhi thoda acha hai. Bangla mein matri bhasha. Wow. So what I said in five different languages: German, Spanish, Bengali, Hindi, and Urdu. Well, I've, I'm I am very functional in English. <laughs> uh, when I grew up in New Mexico, the only thing I ever learned about the Spanish language, which I kick myself now for living there, is growing up nine nine years as a small child, first grade through the eighth grade, was when somebody was cussing me out when I needed to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, uh, and I really kicked myself because I was perfect for, for actually being able to learn that language, being immersed uh, in the in New Mexico culture and, and school system and all. But uh, that that's really awesome. Uh, I know some of the countries, I know you've been to Israel. Yes. That's on my bucket list, as we talked about earlier. Uh, that's one of our... Uh, major allies but um, you know and if if you do this do through the state and and end up going into the national politics maybe that's an area that you can look at but looking at the state 
Right now, there is a lot of issues going on with our state education system. Yep. A lot of turmoil. Uh, Gwinnett County. I've been here for 34 years now in Gwinnett County. I have seen massive changes in our school system over the last couple of years, and unfortunately they have been not massively good. They've been massively bad. What is your opinion on on our school system? Where And that's uh, primary, secondary, the whole bit of where we should go or, or what's happening here and how we might be able to turn things around. Rick, to be honest, I feel like our education system, it just become a tool for our opportunistic politicians. Especially in Gwinnett County, when I have been seen, since I try to pay attention to what's been done in last, if not decades, but few recent years, is just unfathomable. Literally, I feel like our children are getting schooled over getting the real education that would make them ready to become a successful future citizen. And offering school choices, prevent the work ideologies to get inside the classroom, and invest more in technological education infrastructure would be my key priorities. And let me tell you that I actually try to do my part, and I've been doing that for the last seven years, Besides working in corporate finance, I volunteer my time to teach in technical colleges in Georgia. So I taught at Chattahoochee Tech for about five years. And after I moved to Gwinnett County, I started teaching at Gwinnett Technical College. And every semester, every single one of them, I have some student who show up the first day of class totally lost because they feel like they're defeated. They're not living up to their mark just because the society and the education system in general taught them you have to go to a very renowned four-year university no matter how whether you have scholarships take money from your parents or take a massive high interest loan however you have to go to the college to become successful so when somebody is not able to do that then they feel some sort of like defeated within themselves and they try to take a second shot at the technical college or community colleges but i feel like those are the true champion. Those are the true warrior. Because every single semester, my students come to me at the end say, hey, professor, I decided to become a physiotherapist. I decided to become a nurse practitioner. I decided to become a plumber or electrician or motor mechanic for that matter. And let me tell you this, Rick. All those professions that I didn't name, they're not going anywhere. Matter of fact, we're in deficit. We have seen we are in great need of healthcare providers and practitioner. We need people who knows technologies here, right? So I think we need to just break that ideology that you have to go to a big name school, like for your university to become successful, and you cannot be anything if you go to a technical college. And I think that have to start from K through 12, because if you're not getting the next generation ready to become a contributing citizen of the society, we're always going to look for outside for help. And that's not a sustainable way of growing as a nation. Well, I know we have a lot of kids that I'm familiar with. My my son-in-law is a uh, teacher in Collins Hill. And uh, Melvin Everson is a good friend uh, through the technical schools in Georgia. But there are so many people that are 
pushed, like you say, to that four-year degree, they're not interested in it. I mean, it's it's not that they're uh, any less intelligent than anybody else. It's just that they have no desire. It's not there in their gut to do something like that. When they love working with their hands, they love being a mechanic or a welder, this kind of stuff. And you can make some very good money in those professions because they, yes. we are hard up. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, So uh, John Sosby is looking for master mechanics. He's at a dire need for master mechanics. You can't find them. They, nobody wants to go to work. So there's jobs out there that these people can excel in, flourish in, and make a, quite frankly, make a really good income in. And they're beginning to be redirected, and they're beginning to being shown that there can be redirection in their life and not have to follow the path that someone tells them you have to do this to get anywhere. Absolutely. I'm glad to see you in that profession uh, and working with these technical Absolutely, Rick. Uh, I tell my student from day one of any semester beginning to say, hey, you, you all born with some superpower, whether you know it or not. Imagine if you're telling a fish to climb a tree or a monkey to go and swim in the ocean. How difficult it would be for that creature, right? We all, as human beings, come with our own affinity, our own superpowers. Something is so easy for us that we don't even think this is something hard for others. So going to a four-year college for some degrees, that might not resonate to everyone. But as you mentioned, there are people who like to do their things with their own hand, who like to become independent and become a professional of their own trade. And we need to encourage that. And we need to glorify that again, the way we've been amplifying it all these years. And we already suffering a great deal as a nation and as a state for that nature. What about on the, the, the points and aspects of health? Um, we are so challenged right now of course, we're the home of the CDC. Yep. Uh, quite frankly, I've, <laughs> I've not got a lot of faith in them because their stories change from, from politician to politician from day to day. And I'm, my son-in-law is back into their requiring masks for teachers uh, in Gwinnett County. The only ones around that are doing it, but we're going to do that. And I think that has a lot to do with the people that are in there making the decisions. But what are your general thoughts as far as uh, getting past the COVID and, and accepting the fact that um, it's, it's just something we're going to have to live with and move on? You know, how do you think that we in the state and the government can approach that from uh, an area that you might be able to have some effect on? Rick, I see that is a case-by-case personal basis. So imagine the government telling everybody to get a high interest credit card just because that's the way to get the financial freedom, which is not right for everyone. Mm -hmm. Or get an equity loan on your house. Maybe many of us don't even have a house. So how would you do that? So the way the financial decision should be on a personal level based on your credit worthiness, based on your history, based on your interest and your affinity the same way i believe our health should be treated based you should on vulnerability exactly based on individual 
personal level vulnerability. If somebody is vulnerable, they need to be isolated. If they need to wear a mask, absolutely. Everything in my power, I will ensure that that never get violated. But when an entity, like you mentioned, Gunet, is mandating everyone to wear a mask, and we see our uh, democratic governor candidate taking pictures with all the children where she's not wearing mask, that's really? give me a kind of like bad feeling in general because those who are pushing for those kind of over-the-blanket laws and mandates are not actually living by them. For me, it's never ever tell others how to live their life if you're not setting up an example. That's a good point. Well, you know, I've, I've thrown my stuff out there. You know, what are the issues that are most important to you, Arafin Chowdhury? At this point, the most important issue for me, and I believe everyone in Georgia, is getting a hold on this out-of-the-world inflation that we're experiencing and having some strength in our financial system in general and ensure that there are some sustainable growth based on long-term forecast and projections. And with my experience working with some renowned Fortune 100 companies in the financial sector, I believe that would be an easy lift and land to the state government when it comes to budget forecast and just maintaining that robust growth over not only the years, but decades. I believe for any states or countries growth, you need to see beyond the calendar or fiscal year. And when you have that long path vision already in place, maybe there could be some carball gonna thrown at you, but still you'll be able to get, if not 100, but at least 7 to 80% there. But if we just go by session by session and year by year, you're always going to patch, but never gonna get the surgery that you need to do in order to get the growth, the fashion you want to see. Get a so, little treatment, but no cure. Yeah, absolutely. And second, I think we already touched base on that, education. That would be my second most priority as a first-year freshman legislator in State House from 2023. Because I feel like once you are manipulating the mind of the most vulnerable, in this case our children, you are getting into a dangerous game. And we need to exit out of that as soon as possible. That should have done yesterday, but it's not been done even today. So every single option and opportunities that I will have to stop those going forward, by that what I mean, getting out of the woke policies from classroom, giving the school choices to the parents, and also enlightening the student with the endless opportunities that they have in this state to get a true education that will be make them ready for next decades to come. Yeah, I think it's real important right now for us to get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic and that kind of stuff. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't want anybody talking to my grandchildren that are in school about their sex lives, about their orientations, or that if you were to walk into a park mm -hmm. and someone was to come up and start talking to your children or your grandchildren about that kind of subject, you put them in jail uh, for, you know, 
child abuse. Uh, it, it's just it's crazy. But now we're going to turn our che- our teachers loose with that. And I have found that the majority of our teachers do not want to be involved in that. This is an administrative thing and forcing them to do so. What keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Uh, Cybersecurity threat. Other than a dog? <laughs> uh, I think as a state, as a nation, we are not ready at all as for the level of threat we are currently facing and waiting for us in future as for cybersecurity goes. And identity theft is one of those forms that we might heard happen most frequently on cyber realm. But most recently, like as early as 2021, we were unable to get gas from many gas pumps in Georgia because of that ransomware situation happened. And we see those kind of ransomware happening in state entities, sheriff departments, healthcare systems, school systems all the time. In my opinion, the next big attack on our state or on our country is not going to come in a form of like a plane or fighter jets or soldiers on the ground. It's going to become as a cyber attack, a coordinated one from our adversaries. I agree. And we have been seeing some of their abilities because they're literally just flexing their muscles with us. And every single time we see that we are not ready for what they're capable of. So just that mere thought of being vulnerable in that end literally keep me up at night, not only as an individual, but also as a family person, as a citizen of the state and the country. Well, I'm glad that, that uh, you brought that up is basically what keeps you up at night. Cy- uh, cybersecurity, of course, I'm in the business of security. Cybersecurity right now, uh, we are so vulnerable on our on our on all of our electric grids, uh, financial grids, yep. everything, we are so vulnerable. And it's purely because that the government wants to put investments in a whole lot of other stuff, but they don't seem to want to put the investments in what matters the most, which is our true safety net with regards to cybersecurity. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting future if we don't get a grip on it. Absolutely. And I don't like us to be in a situation the way we were in September 2001, yep. that we knew it's coming, but we did not do anything to prevent it. I don't want us to be on a reactive mode again. I want us to be proactive on cybersecurity side, at least. We need the defense out there, not the offense, as much as we do the defense right now. Yeah. Well, give me three reasons why we should go out and vote for you, or why the people should. If you are for faith, family, and freedom, to be clear, all the freedom guaranteed under our Constitution, you must not only go and vote for me, but get your family members, get your friends who live in the district to vote for me, because I'll fight for those three. Well, that is encouraging. I know, uh, you know, our freedoms are what got us here. Our freedoms are what will keep us here. Our families what will support us. And our faith, uh, without even saying, you know, it's, God's going to make the determinations. We just have to be in the place to accept them and move in the right way when they come. Um, well, tell us about some of your upcoming events. I know you've got some. Yeah, uh, they keep coming on my calendar. <laughs> so I can tell you about something happening this week and week after. Starting with uh, Turning Point Action is actually having 
an event at Little Marbury Park this Saturday, July 30th at 10 a.m. We're going to do a lot of door knocking, get out the vote, and electing the true conservative movement discussion there. Uh, I'll be, sp- be speaking there as a candidate. Uh, next, I have the RNC candidate panel discussion on Friday, the 29th, at our RNC Hispanic Community Center. On August 6th, Saturday, uh, I'll be the candidate speaker at Guna GOP monthly breakfast. Uh, those are just a few uh, that I can call, recall at this moment, but uh, there might be some other coming up, and uh, a fundraising event uh, will be uh, held uh, on behalf of my campaign sometimes in August or September. Uh, more detail will come, so I would recommend those who are interested to keep an eye on my website and social media pages. That's what I was just going to ask you. You know, one, Give people your website so that they can actually go ahead and check out for your future. Sure. It's www.chodhuri4georgia.com. I'll just spell it. www.chodhuri4georgia.com. C H O W D H U R Y four the number four G A dot com. Sounds great. Well, I know that um, you know. I want to invite you to. I mentioned to you earlier that if you uh, if you're you or anyone else is interested in a really good panel discussion, I'm going to be on a panel discussion uh, regarding security at 310 Technology Parkway at the City Hall at Peachtree Corners uh, this coming Thursday, tomorrow night, from 5.30 to 7.30. going to be a lot of speakers, the, the uh, mayor and all that. But we're going to be talking about security, and that's one of the things that you're talking about is security. Yep. And it's going to be an important issue. We've got a lot of things, a lot of reasons security is going to hell in a handbasket right now. And they can be a lot of that can be corrected and redirected with the right people in office that have that concern like you do. Absolutely, Rick. And let me just add you how I feel about safety and security in general for our people here in Georgia. During my time while I was doing my MBA at Georgia State, all my fellow classmates decided to do their internship to all those investment banks and hedge funds and some other entities. But I was the one who decided to do his internship at Atlanta Police Foundation. Awesome. And during my internship there, I observed very up close and personal the sacrifices our police officers undertake every single day to keep us safe. So for that matter, I'm a strong supporter of our men and women in blue and grateful to them for everything they do to keep us, our family safe every single night, every single day. I believe in strategical funding and modernized training for our law enforcement departments to better equip them to fight crimes in our neighborhoods. I would also be advocating for investing in mental health reforms, which will take a lot of burden away from our police departments and will significantly reduce the number of crime currently committed by individuals with susceptible mental conditions. And there are some house bills such as like 1013 mental health uh, parity act and House Bill 1069, uh, just to name a few that I'm really closely observing, I believe those are going to give a lot of hope to our society in general 
because now we're sending our officers to situation that they're not trained or sign up for, to be honest. Well, I spent 25 years with Atlanta, so I'm very familiar with the Atlanta Police Foundation and a member of it. And I think it's great that you support those people in blue. They need it right now. More importantly, it's good to have you running for office. I like the sounds of what you have to say. I have done a little background check on you and All done right. some checking on you. So it seems like you are the kind of person that actually puts their actions and their works where their mouth is. So that is important. There's too many people right now that talk a good talk, but they just seem to walk a different walk. And I appreciate you coming on very much. If there's anything that we can do, you want to go over one more time how people can get involved in your campaign? Absolutely, Rick. Thank you so much. Uh, that means a lot to me. Uh, please, everyone who live in Lawrenceville, Dakula, or Beaufort area, if you're in my district, please, on November 8, make sure to vote. Matter of fact, vote early, because early voting will start from October 7, and we'll have weekend voting as well. My website would be the best place to get in touch with me. Once again, that's www.chowdhury4ga.com. And my email address is same as my website, chowdhury4ga at gmail.com. And hopefully i'll be able to meet every single voters in my district by november 8 but if not please i'll humbly request your support your vote and a chance to represent you and give the voice to the state house and make sure that you never been treated the way you've been treated for last four years well i appreciate it very much and just a, a word of advice uh, or a suggestion of some advice for you get out and shake the hands uh, that is more important to most every voter is to look you in the eye listen to you shake your hand than it is to have somebody send you a flyer in the mail absolutely rick let me just tell you this like moments like this i feel like i was getting ready for public office all my life back in 2010 when i was still a student at georgia state we are having our census and out of nowhere, I had this bright idea to become a census enumerator and crew <laughs> assistant. So working for the government, I was able to knock about 8,600 plus households. And doing it with my campaign, I feel like we'll be much more efficient. My target is to knock on at least 20,000 doors from now till November. So if you see someone knocking on your door, please answer. That would be me. Well, that sounds good. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Case in Point. Thank you very much to Arafin Chowdhury, GOP candidate, Georgia House of Representatives, District 105, for being on here. We appreciate it very much. Uh, Case in Point is presented by Paradigm Security Services and uh, pre presented by Paradigm Security Services in part by Sosby's Garage. Be sure to join us for the live broadcast every other Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. here on Business Radio X. If you miss the live broadcast, no worries. You can, you can enjoy the show anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on, of course, Case in Point. 
The program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe to Case in Point so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. I repeat, please hit that subscribe button. For my guest, Arafine Chowdhury, and our producer, Mike, and, and I am Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. Mm-hmm.